to Leonard Lopate at Large. I'm Leonard Lopate. There have been reports in recent months of sexual abuse, kidnapping, and torture of leading nonviolent activists inside Western Sahara by Moroccan security forces. And Freedom House has recently ranked the situation there as second only to Syria out of some 210 nations in terms of the suppression of political rights. In an updated version of Western Sahara, War, Nationalism, and Conflict and Resolution, a book that was originally published in 2010, Stephen Zunis, a leading scholar of the Middle East and North Africa, argues that what's at stake in Western Sahara is not just the fate of one small country, but the entire post-World War II international legal order that prohibits the invasion and annexation of one country by another. It's published by Syracuse University Press and brings Professor Stephen Nunes, Zunis to our show now. Welcome. Thank you for having me. The media are full of stories about possible Russian invasion of Ukraine, and yet this story has gone generally unnoticed. Why do you think that is? Well, the, the, the easiest answer is that Morocco is a strategic ally of the United States. And as we have seen, whether, whether it be in regard of, of um, human rights international law or, or any number of other things, the uh, United States and much of the mainstream media seems to have a double standard. They will uh, certainly uh, publicize and sometimes even exaggerate uh, violations of um, <clears throat> human rights and international legal standards by governments we don't like, uh, but ignore and downplay those by, uh, by governments that are considered allies. But haven't the United Nations Security Council, the UN General Assembly, and the International Court of Justice all gone on record asserting the right of the indigenous Sahrawi people of, of self-determination, the people uh, that we're discussing here in Western Africa? Well, very, very much so. Uh, this is the, um, <clears throat> it is Africa's last colony. <laughs> It is a, a country that uh, about the size of, uh, of uh, Colorado, just south of Morocco on the Atlantic coast that uh, for, was, was scheduled to become independent from uh, Spain in 1976. But just prior to it, uh, Moroccan forces with U.S. support ended up taking over most of the country. And despite uh, calls by uh, various UN bodies in the world court that the people be allowed an act of self-determination, the Moroccans have refused. Instead, the U.S. is backing a, a rather dubious Moroccan proposal that uh, they be granted some limited aut autonomy under uh, Moroccan sovereignty. But uh, international law is very clear that uh, uh, if you are a non-self-governing territory that is a colony, uh, you have the right to self-determination. The right of self-determination includes the option of independence, uh, which the Moroccans have uh, categorically uh, ruled out. Um, so, you know, this is a um, and 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 the U.S. is very much of an international outlier in this, in the sense that the uh, U.S. is currently the only country in the world that has formally recognized. Uh, Morocco's annexation of the territory. Even some of Morocco's allies, like France, uh, you know, they may provide arms and aid to Morocco. They may, you know, um, block the United Nations from from enforcing its resolutions. That's been the policy of previous uh, U.S. administrations. But Trump, in his final weeks, decided to actually outright recognize the annexation, and Biden, to the surprise of many, uh, has refused to reverse it. Western Sahara, which is formerly known as Sahrawi Arab Democratic Republic, SADR, 
has been recognized over the years by 84 countries and a full member state of the African Union. Why has the United States been the only holdout through both Democratic and Republican administrations? Well, I mean, it is it is uh, <clears throat> quite controversial, as you might imagine. Uh, the it, it has uh, raised uh, a lot of objections from African states, as you might imagine, because we have effectively uh, recognize, uh, uh, recognize the takeover of one African country by another, mm-hmm. and the uh, after uh, after uh, they were freed from Western colonial rule. Right, right, right. right. This and the is African after Spain U- gave it, it up. Right, right. The Charter of the Organization for African Unity and, and later the African Union is quite clear that uh, e- even in the most arbitrary of, ca- of, of boundaries, that no state can um, change them unilaterally. Uh, this is also enshrined in the United Nations uh, Charter as well. Uh, but this, uh, you know, and, and so the U.S. is, is uh, it, it, obviously the African countries are objecting. Uh, when Trump uh, made this uh, uh, support for the takeover uh, official, uh, the, uh, there was a huge outcry from Congress, uh, ranging on to uh, prominent liberal Democrats like Patrick Leahy, to conservative Republicans like uh, James, James Enhoff, uh, former, uh, 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 former State Department uh, uh, officials, um, and, and including you know, former Secretary of State James Baker, who was the uh, UN Secretary General Special Envoy to Western Sahara for, for, for uh, nearly a decade. Uh, along with uh, Christopher Ross and other top uh, State, uh, State Department people also uh, criticized the, the decision and have tried to press uh, uh, Biden to, to reverse it. But even though he has reversed a number of Trump's uh, more uh, controversial and pestuous foreign policy decisions, he's apparently holding firm on this one. Uh, and we'll get to uh, how that plays in, in light of what's going on with uh, Ukraine. But just uh, Stay with uh, the Sahrawis. Uh, the Sahrawi national, uh, nationalist movement, the Polisario Front, fought for the territory's independence against Morocco and Mauritania. Um, and uh, don't they have a distinct history, dialect, culture? Are, are they Berbers? Oh, they, they are. They are. They, are um, they speak Arabic. Uh, they are of mixed Arab and Berber ancestry. Um, they are Sunni Muslims, and so in that sense, they have uh, commonalities with most Moroccans. But mm-hmm. they, they also have a distinct dialect, distinct dress, distinct cuisine, distinct history. They've never really been part of Morocco, despite the Moroccan claims to the contrary. They're nomadic people. Uh, you know, they have uh, never had a sultan or, or, or imam, and, and as a result, they, they like being free. They don't want to be part of a, uh, of a, of a centralized autocratic uh, monarchy. Uh, they also practice a um, a relatively liberal interpretation of Islam. Uh, for example, uh, you know they believe it's between the individual and God. It's not for the state to uh, impose anything. Uh, for example, women have equal rights to inheritance, and divorce. They keep their maiden names. Uh, in fact, uh, because uh, Moroccans see Sahrawi women as uh, uppity, they have uh, been targeted for uh, you know, sexual abuse and torture uh, in, in prisons hmm. uh, and the like. Yeah, the, the, uh, we're talking about a, a moderate, you know, secular, uh, somewhat leftist uh, nationalist movement. Uh, and, and again, that's that's uh, and so it's ironic when the United States goes around, you know, saying, oh, we 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 uh, we, we support a democracy. We support women's rights. We support self-determination in the Arab world that we are 
are supporting this uh, this really oppressive monarchy and its attacks against the um, um, uh, a nation that wants to be a free republic. It's mainly desert flatlands, one of the most sparsely populated territories in the world with an estimated one half million people, despite its huge territory. What makes it so valuable to Morocco? Why does Morocco want to give them the independence? Well, the initial takeover in 1975 may have been more of a political move. Uh, The the king, uh, Hassan II, had been subjected to... um, uh, you know, two almost successful military coups in, 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 just in the uh, preceding years. Um, he was not very popular. This is the time when more left-leaning Arab nationalist movements, especially within the militaries, you know, had toppled uh, monarchies in, in Egypt, in Iraq, in Libya, and, and uh, it appeared that Morocco might be next. And, and I think his idea was that to, to get a, a nationalist card, to get people to rally around the flag, he would try to seize... Uh, this desert area to the south uh, of the um, of the country. I would also keep the army as far away from the capital as possible. Uh, and um, so I, I think it was more for nationalist reasons. The U.S. Uh, under Secretary of State Henry Kissinger supported the move because the Polisario was seen as a leftist uh, movement. Uh, in Kissinger's word, we did not want another Angola in the uh, in the North uh, North Atlantic. Um, we pressured Spain to to that was then. Uh, Distracted by the imminent death of the dictator Francisco Franco, um, you know, to not get involved, essentially to allow the uh, Moroccans to uh, to move in like that. But subsequently, though, I, it, it, this, this territory's rich natural resources, which I think have kept the Moroccans there, especially since a lot of the generals who are overseeing the occupation, you know, have have uh, have their hands in the uh, the lucrative uh, 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 resources there, particularly phosphates. Uh, um, Western Sahara is one of the world's largest producers of this important mineral that, that that's that's used in fertilizing fertilizers around the world. Also, it has some of the richest fishing grounds in, in the world. And so, you know, not only does this uh, would this allow you know, Morocco to, to or, uh, would allow an independent Western Sahara to be a, a viable state economically, it would be actually one of the better off countries in Africa in terms of per capita income. Uh, but also it is something that uh, that it want, it gets the uh, Moroccans to want to uh, hold on to to the territory and and uh, basically steal those riches themselves. Maps of North Africa from the United Nations, National Geographic, Rand McNally, and elsewhere depict the nation of Western Sahara as wedged between Morocco and Mauritania on the Atlantic coast. But don't U.S. government maps depicted as part of Morocco with nothing delineating the two? Oh yeah, it's really striking when you when you look at this. In fact, when uh, when the uh, when uh, the Trump administration recognized Western Sahara, there was a, there was a big to do. The U.S. ambassador showed and unveiled a new map and actually signed it where the uh, old border uh, used to be. Um, but now you know you look at. Uh, you know, maps from the State Department, from the CIA, even NASA, you know, all government agencies show it as a one one country. Uh, if you look at, you know, State Department reports uh, on, on various countries used to have Western Sahara as a separate entity. Now it is, uh, it, it is you know, within uh, its reports uh, in, involving Morocco. So again, the United States is really an outlier uh, on this, and again, it's particularly ironic because this, with the, the growing crisis around Ukraine, the um, 
the Biden administration has stressed this idea, no country can unilaterally change its borders. It is wrong for a country to expand its borders by force. And and this is in reference, of course, to the uh, Russian takeover of Crimea in 2014, its threats to to uh, uh, have similar moves in, in uh, eastern Eastern Ukraine, um, but you know the, the, the United States is in a weird position to be taking leadership on this. Again, given we're the only country that has uh, uh, you know formally recognizes uh, uh, Western Sahara's part of Morocco, which again is is very much an illegal takeover by force, a unilateral shift of international boundaries, the very uh, uh, bedrock international legal principles we claim to be defending. When it comes to Ukraine, well, what what reasons did President Trump give when he formally recognized Moroccan sovereignty over this occupied territory, becoming the first and only member of the international community to do so? We see we basically um, uh, uh, repeated the Moroccan line that uh, Western Sahara was also always part of Morocco, which is which is not true. Um, it's uh, you know there were some tribal groups in that area who back in the 19th century um, pledged fealty to the uh, Moroccan Sultan, but the International Court of Justice a rule that does, that does not concentrate uh, sovereignty, uh, that it does not trump the right of, uh, of self-determination. Uh, but, um, uh, but Donald Trump basically uh, 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 you know, repeated the Moroccan line, and, and, but, but it also happened to take place uh, right at the same time that Morocco recognized Israel, hmm. and and it was so yeah, it, it was, a, it was a, apparently a quid pro quo of some sorts that uh, it, Morocco agreed they'd recognize Israel if if uh, if, if the United States uh, uh, recognized their control of Western Sahara, and so it was a way of, of Trump to say, hey, look, uh, this is the Abraham Accords. You're bringing peace to the Middle East, and 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 look how great this is. And indeed, right now, there's a big bipartisan uh, bill in Congress uh, touting uh, the uh, Moroccan recognition of, of, of Israel, along with uh, you know, uh, the uh, uh, two small uh, um, monarchies in, in, in the Gulf, uh, and, and seems, seems to be reinforcing this. And it's a way, I think, of putting pressure on Biden not to reverse Trump's uh, decision, because if um, if, uh, if, if the United States rescinded its recognition of Western Sahara, uh, there's fear that Morocco would rescind its um, a recognition of, um, of Israel, and then, and then Biden would get blamed for, uh, uh, for undermining Israel's security and you know, undermining Middle East peace and, and all that kind of stuff. Now, of course, uh, you know, the Morocco, the, the, in reality, of course, the Abraham Accords don't really mean much. Uh, these are countries that have never been at war with Israel. They're many, many miles away from Israel. doesn't address the Palestinian question, which, of course, is the, the key issue. And Morocco has been on uh, very friendly terms with Israel for decades. This is, is it's not like uh, this is a big shift uh, in, in, in a form, informal uh, uh, recognition. But um, there is um, – but yeah, I, I think this might be – part of the political equation. I mean, it, it should be noted, though, that some of Israel's biggest uh, supporters in Congress, uh, including uh, Elliot Engel, um, the, uh, who until recently was uh, the uh, head of the House uh, Foreign Relations uh, Committee, uh, he, he uh, uh, condemned the, the uh, uh, agreement that 
had the uh, which recognized the uh, uh, Moroccan takeover of Western Sahara. James Inhofe, who's a fanatical supporter of Israel uh, and the occupation uh, of Palestinian land, also was very critical of the accord. So it's not it, it, it really isn't necessarily a thing that well, if you support Israel, therefore you should support the uh, um, uh, Moroccan uh, uh, occupation. But uh, but perhaps that isn't uh, one issue that may be uh, making. Uh, Biden reluctant uh, to uh, reverse uh, uh, Trump's actions. You're listening to Leonard Lopate at Large on WBAI New York 99.5 FM and streaming live at WBAI.org. My guest is Stephen Zunis, Z-U-N-E-S. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. Yes. Mm -hmm. A professor of politics at the University of San Francisco, co-author of Western Sahara War, Nationalism and Conflict Resolution. This book is an updated version of something you co-authored with Jacob Mundy, although I guess you're the, the, the only one responsible for the updating. How oh, no, no. You know, Jacob, Jacob was very much involved as well. Oh, okay. Uh, well, yeah, you're he's, the he's, one who's been given credit on this case. But how much has changed over the 11-plus years since the original book was published? I, I think a number of, a number of things ha have shifted. Uh, one is that, um, the, uh, of course, the U.S. recognition. That's a, that's a huge, huge issue. The other is that after uh, um, a, 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 a ceasefire uh, of uh, – 18 years, basically the, uh, or, or almost 20 years actually, uh, you know, the, the Polisario, the National Liberation uh, Movement that was originally fought Spain and, and then had to, had to turn their guns to, uh, to, towards Morocco when, when they ended up taking over, had agreed to a ceasefire back in uh, uh, 1991 in return for a referendum on the fate of the territory. And the United Nations dispatched a, a peacekeeping uh, a force named as Minerso uh, to oversee the referendum, repatriate the 150,000 uh, refugees um, who've been in, 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 in these uh, uh, refugee camps in, in Algeria since 1975, and to, um, to, to uh, give the people of Western Sahara the opportunity to vote on whether they wanted independence or incorporation of Morocco. Uh, and Morocco uh, refused to go ahead with the referendum, and the United States and France blocked the United Nations from enforcing its resolutions demanding a referendum. So after years of stalemate and uh, and, 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 and ongoing uh, Moroccan violations of the ceasefire, the Polisario resumed uh, the armed struggle in November of 2020. Uh, currently, the, uh, the Polisario controls uh, roughly 20-25% of the territory in the, in the eastern uh, deserts. Uh, the Moroccans control the, the, the coastal areas, the major cities, the phosphate mines, and, and, and the like. Um, so the resumption of the armed struggle is a big shift as well. Uh, the other thing that's shifted is that uh, global civil society is, is starting to, to get involved. It's become an, an issue. There is a campaign in Europe and elsewhere of boycott, divestment and sanctions uh, targeting the uh, Moroccan occupation. Uh, some of the nonviolent activists who've been uh, leading the, the movement there you know, have uh, you know, been had had been, been recognized uh, for uh, Aminatu Haidar. She's this amazing woman. She's called the Saharan Gandhi. She won the Right Livelihood Award, the Robert F. Kennedy Human Rights Award, the Russell Russell Train uh, Civic Courage Award. You know, so so the the the, the nonviolent resistance is is getting finally uh, getting getting some uh, attention, and I, I think the. Um, 
and, and the other, and indeed, the, the nonviolent movement there has been quite impressive. The, the you know, uh, several months before the uh, Arab Spring erupted in Tunisia, you had a, a similar phenomenon of tens of thousands of Sahrawis set up a nonviolent protest camp outside of the, um, uh, the Sahrawi capital of uh, El Ayoun, uh, which was brutally, violently broken up by Moroccan authorities after several weeks. I mean, many of us see this actually as the start of the Arab Spring rather than Tunisia. Uh, but um, but, but I, I think the, the increase in resistance, the fact that the younger generation of Sahrawis appear to be at least as nationalistic as their parents, and, 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 and it's, it's become more of an issue. It is, uh, it's still kind of obscure here in the United States, but, uh, but globally, uh, uh, more and more people are finally paying attention to it. The Moroccan regime, which has been emboldened by the U.S. position, insists that independence is completely off the table and is at most willing to offer a limited degree of autonomy under Moroccan rule. What would that look like? Uh, it's pretty vague. It certainly doesn't um, meet the international definition of, of, uh, of, of autonomy. And the fact that Morocco is such a, a centralized state um, that has, has allowed for very little dissent, as, as you noted at the out outset, it was one of the, has one of the worst human rights records in the world. I mean, I, I've been to 85 countries, including Iraq under Saddam and Indonesia under Saharto, and I've never seen a worse police state. Uh, than than uh, than Western Sahara, so really? you know, it, it, I I really question whether there'd be much uh, uh, this uh, this autonomy would mean much. I mean, the U.S. position has basically been, uh, we support the peace process, um, um, and it's the same line we've sort of been give, giving on, on Israel and Palestine all these years. You know, basically blocking the United Nations, you know, from from uh, from doing anything, discouraging civil society, you know, activism, you know, uh, condemning any kind of armed resistance is terrorism and say, let's just trust the peace process, even when the Israeli government has been clear that they will not allow for a viable independent Palestinian state. And similarly, we see this regarding Morocco and Western Sahara, that the mantra repeated just uh, again, just recently by Secretary of State Blinken, is that we, we support the peace process uh, uh, moving forward. Um, but even when the, the, the Moroccan government, you know, has ruled out independence altogether, and the United States has made clear that we will block any effort to uh, to, um, to 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 force the Moroccans to to compromise in in any way, shape, or form, it just allows the Moroccans to continue colonizing uh, the, the Western Sahara. Indeed, it dwarfs the Israeli settlement policy, and that at this point, Moroccans outnumber the remaining indigenous Sahrawi population by three to one. If and, I or a vote, wouldn't there be uh, concerns about who actually could vote since all of these Moroccans have moved into the area? Well, that's part of the reason the, 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 uh, the referendum never went forward, because uh, Morocco kept insisting on including uh, these uh, illegal settlers. And the Sahrawis, of course, uh, were, were insistent that only be people who were indeed uh, indigenous uh, to, the, uh, to the territory and, and their descendants. Hasn't President Biden made claims of prioritizing human rights in his foreign policy? Of course. In this so big what happens when, when uh, people in Congress, when there are bipartisan calls to reverse Trump's decision, how does uh, the Biden people respond? Generally ignoring them, basically. I mean, they, 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 they assume that this is an obscure enough issue, that they're not going to be uh, folks uh, you know, pushing for them to—, to uh, to change and 
and and and you know, in addition, you, you do have a bipartisan group that have uh, that have a uh, uh, has long uh, you know. Uh, called for self-determination, but you also have bipartisan members who support Morocco. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and, uh, it's been, they've been very, um, uh, very out, outspoken and, and taking, uh, Morocco's, uh, line and, um, and, and seem to be, uh, you know, uh, unwilling to consider, uh, the Sahrawi's, uh, uh, view of the situation. The, uh, um, we found, uh, you know, the, for, and this has been the case for years. For example, Secretary uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, both as a senator and Secretary of State, was very close to the Moroccan monarchy. Uh, the, the the government-owned phosphate company, which is stealing the wealth from Western Sahara, uh, was the uh, major funder of the Clinton Foundation's uh, uh, conference uh, that took place uh, in uh, in Marrakesh a few years ago. Uh, in Casablanca, I mean, uh, in Morocco, a few years ago, and they are, um, and 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 generally, the the, the Moroccans have a, a lot of, of, of good friends uh, in Washington. I mean, Morocco generally has a fairly favorable, uh, um, uh, uh, is looked upon favorably here in the United States, in part because it's the Arab country. Probably Amer more Americans have been to Morocco than the other Arab country. I mean, it's such a wonderfully rich culture, a great, great place. And the, the media has always talked about how moderate and, and supposedly foreign-looking uh, the, the, the Moroccans are. They have a huge lobbying budget in Washington. They brought in, you know, some of the, a lot, a number of former congressmen and other people that have, have a lot of influence. They've really been going all out. And there's really nothing on the uh, Sahrawi side, the Western Saharan side, uh, to, to, to counter this. Well, we, we, we talked about it starting really uh, in 1975 uh, when Spain uh, was giving up its uh, control of, of the area. But hadn't Morocco formally claimed the territory since 1957? So yes, when, when, when Morocco finally um, achieved full in, in independence uh, from France, uh, you know, they're, 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 they're um, you know, there are nationalist elements, uh, which eventually won over the, the monarchy, uh, which called for La Grand Maroc, Greater Morocco, uh, which would include uh, not just Western Sahara, but the entire country of Mauritania, uh, much of uh, uh, Western Algeria, uh, Northern Mali, uh, and, and, and I mean, a, a, a huge area. In fact, uh, very soon after Algeria finally got independence from France after their long, bloody revolution, uh, Morocco invaded uh, um, uh, Algeria. This is in 1963, the so-called Sand War. They were eventually beaten back. Uh, but uh, seizing uh, Western Sahara is part of this big irredentist uh, vision uh, that Morocco has had for some time. Indeed, it's one reason that Algeria has become one of the major supporters of the uh, the movement for independent Western Sahara, uh, providing a, a refuge uh, for the um, 150,000 uh, refugees, uh, allowing the Palisario uh, 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 the effective autonomy in terms of, uh, of uh, uh, running the camps. They provide them with arms and, and um, diplomatic support. Of course, the Moroccans go and say, oh, they're just a puppet of Algeria, you know, and indeed uh, many mainstream analysts, strategic analysts, try to put the whole conflict in geopolitical terms about these two rival uh, powers in Northwest Africa and, and instead of looking at as, as an issue of self-determination. But, you know, while the Polisario is very dependent on Algeria for a number of uh, ways, they... Uh, 
that, that you know they are a popular indigenous movement. Algeria actually originally supported a rival independence movement uh, that no longer exists. And um, and and you know even if Algeria cut off aid tomorrow, um, you know the the, the the people of Western Sahara would still still be struggling for their 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 independence for their freedom. Well, is Al- is Algeria's support mainly because of its tensions with Morocco? Because hasn't Morocco won support for its position from several African governments and from most of the Muslim and uh, world and the Arab League? Well, Algeria. Part of it is Algeria's uh, historical rivalry with with Morocco, and, and afraid of the precedent of them being able able to expand their territory by force. But you know, if, if you know the history, I mean, Algeria has uh, long been supporter of national liberation struggles. You know, from the anti-apartheid struggle in in South Africa, uh, the, the movements uh, in Namibia and, and, and Palestine for. For, uh, for for independence, they, they, they you know, despite uh, you know the the, the current uh, government uh, uh, problems, uh, you know, uh, corruption and authoritarianism and, and that kind of thing, uh, they have generally pursued a pretty progressive foreign policy uh, overall. So this is you know quite uh, quite consistent with them, but uh, but uh, as you as as you noted that the the um, most of Arab countries, uh, despite Supporting the Palestinian struggle against occupation, have uh, have uh, been, uh, not supported the, the Western Saharans. They they sided with uh, with Morocco, um, as have uh, uh, the the Europeans and and uh, a number of other countries. The Polisario support is primarily from uh, sub-Saharan Africa, um, though there there are a handful of uh, conservative. Uh, um, uh, African states that support Morocco, the vast majority you know, do, do support uh, uh, independence. Latin America, big support for uh, the uh, the Polisario as well, and a, and a few other countries uh, here 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 and there uh, there as well. You're listening to Leonard Lopate at Large on WBAI New York ninety nine point five FM and streaming live at WBAI.org. get back to my conversation with Stephen Zunis, professor of politics at the University of San Francisco. Um, I want uh, to let you know that anyone who signs up to become a member of WBAI during today's show with a contribution of $75 or more can receive a free copy of the book that we've been discussing on today's show, Western Sahara, War, Nationalism, and Conflict Irresolution. And you can participate in this offer by going online to give to WBAI.org or by calling 212-209-2950 during today's show. Again, that's give to WBAI.org or call 212-209-2950. And don't forget to make that $75 contribution in the name of Leonard Lopate at Large. And, and thank you so much. Now... Didn't James ba- didn't James Baker draw up what is known as the Baker Plan? Yes, this was uh, uh, this, the, the, there are several Baker plans actually um, that would allow for a referendum for for self uh, determination. Uh, Morocco rejected the the first two, uh, and but but eventually one came uh, that would that would uh, allow the indigenous Sahrawis to elect a government where they would have true autonomy. For five years, and then uh, open it up 
to a, uh, um, a referendum uh, on, on independence or, or integration with Morocco in which the settlers would be allowed uh, to, um, to vote. Now, if you count all, if count all the returning uh, Sahrawi refugees uh, and the and the the, the the Sahrawis within Western Sahara, and the uh, and the Moroccan settlers, there would still be a majority of Moroccan settlers, but in part because uh, a, a, a large number of the, um, the of the settlers are actually from far southern Morocco, the Defaya region, who are ethnically Sahrawi, even though they are uh, Moroccan. Uh, uh, citizens, um, uh, combined with the, the growing um, dissatisfaction with the Moroccan government and, and that the Polisario and, and, their, and, their, and the way they've run the refugee camps and the liberated zones have practiced you know, a pretty uh, re reasonably uh, re good governance. Uh, I think the Moroccans were afraid that even under those circumstances, they would lose the referendum. Uh, so they, they rejected that as well. Uh, this is back in uh, 2002. At, at, this, at that point, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Baker, you know, went to um, to the George W. Bush, whom some of your listeners may remember. Uh, Baker was the chief attorney in the whole Florida dispute, so Bush actually owed his presidency to Baker. Uh, but uh, he ended up rejecting uh, Baker's recommendation of pressuring the uh, um, uh, the, the Moroccans, and. Uh, and not only, uh, um, and 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 so Baker resigned, and 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 Bush essentially awarded the Moroccans by granting them most favored nation, uh, or granting them a free trade agreement, and and made them a major non-NATO ally, a, a coveted position that only a handful of countries like Japan and Israel uh, enjoy having, uh, and and it made very clear to the Moroccans that they could reject any proposal coming out of the United Nations or the peace process, and the United States would uh, would back them regardless. And uh, part of the, the Baker plan uh, allowed for uh, Morocco to keep its army in the air and retain control over all security issues during the autonomy years and, and during the election. Yeah, I mean, it was very one-sided uh, in Morocco's favor, but they, they objected even Still to wasn't the idea enough. of— yeah, yeah, they reject even the idea of, of self-determination. And so the Biden administration's insistence that, um, that, 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 that uh, you know, the peace process can move, somehow move forward uh, with, uh, with Morocco ruling out independence, uh, with the, uh, and, and being emboldened by the world's uh, major superpower, recognizing their, their annexation. I mean, this is, this is, I mean, again, this is just ludicrous uh, for, for Blinken to, to pretend uh, that, uh, that the peace process is working as long as the United States is giving such unconditional support uh, to the Moroccan occupation. Would you say that Biden's recognition of Morocco's illegal annexation of Western Sahara is a gift to Putin, who could now portray U.S. opposition to Russian claims on Ukrainian territory as simply rooted in geopolitical rivalry rather than from any principled opposition to illegal territorial expansion? Exactly, exactly. And 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 uh, you know, apologists for Putin are, are really milking this, obviously, uh, because you know who who are we to take leadership in the international community, saying you can't expand your territory uh, by by force if um, if the United States is is uh, recognizing 
uh, and, and this is recognizing Morocco's takeover of an entire country. I mean, we're not even talking about part of a country like Korea, or, I'm sorry, or like Crimea or Donbass or whatever. We're talking about the entire country. And so, you know, the 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 uh, uh, you know, when 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 we're dealing with with, with autocrats uh, like like Putin with uh, uh, ex expansionist goals, it's it's not just military strength that is, is a factor. I mean, dispatching a few thousand troops to Poland is not going to do one thing or the other. Uh, but 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 you know, it, it, it's our it's our moral strength that really makes it makes can, can really make a difference, and we pretty much abandoned that. Uh, through this um, um, and through this recognition, that's why a lot, why a fair number of, of conservatives, you know, have actually embraced the Western Sahara cause, even though the Polisario is a, is, is a somewhat leftist uh, organization. I mean, even John Bolton is, uh, you know, supports uh, self determination uh, for uh, for Western Sahara and opposes what what, what Trump and, and and now Biden are, are are doing. So, so yeah, this is a. Uh, um, you know, this is an issue that kind of uh, that, that that is 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 not not just an ideological one. It, it raises a, a lot of uh, important questions, even within a realist paradigm of uh, of what is what U.S. policy should be. Well, they better be careful. The Republican National Committee might throw them out of the party if they <laughs> object too strongly. Right. <laughs> I made you laugh. Okay, um, but. Uh, has Putin actually talked about this explicitly, or is this something that we just are assuming? No, no. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I, it's his most. I have not. I, I don't know if Putin himself has said that, but certainly has come up uh, in terms of discussions on 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 this issue. And again, it's, it's just why countries like France, who have who have generally been even more supportive of Morocco than the United States, you know, have have refused to um, have refused to uh, uh, go. Uh, as far as, as the U.S. has, indeed, even went out of their way to uh, make it clear that they were not following suit. I mean, uh, you, know, you know, I think there was hope that if Morocco recognized the takeover, there would be there would be more uh, countries to, to follow. But again, this, this concern about this kind of precedent, uh, which is is um, is particularly um, you know particularly uh, disturbing, and 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 I and I must say that the the. Um, the the, the Polisario front has done most things right. I mean, they have never engaged in terrorism, for example, not once. You know, they are you know they are, are much more pluralistic and uh, politically in terms of the governance of the camps and uh, elsewhere than we've seen in, in most uh, you know national liberation uh, struggles. You know, they they have a. They've, they have put most of their attention uh, uh, diplomatically uh, at the United Nations, at, at getting other countries involved, and 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 here we are, you know, and 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 and, and yet we have uh, you know Diane Feinstein and 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 other other supporters of uh, of Morocco uh, repeating the line that oh the Polisario is is is, t is tied to uh, uh, ISIS and, and Al Qaeda. Uh, and the more most recent thing they've been hearing, oh, they're they're getting training from Hezbollah in 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 in, uh, in terror in in, in in urban terrorism, and 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 Iran is is backing them, and Gaddafi is back. I mean, I mean none of that is true. No, no, none of it's true. Not not none of it whatsoever. <laughs> um, and again, this is a a progressive secular nationalist movement that is, has 
uh, 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 it's completely eschewed terrorism. And they're basically, the Moroccans are just trying to find out whatever enemy. I mean, during the Cold War, of course, they were saying that Polisario was communist. And, um, and even though the Soviet, yeah, Soviet Union never gave them a penny. And um, I mean, uh, they, they've had, they've had uh, decent relations with Cuba, but you know, they have good relations with a lot of countries. And um, I mean, yeah, it's quite quite bizarre uh, that uh, that people who clear, clearly know, uh, who who who, uh, who who clearly, uh, you know, are either lying or don't know some of the basic uh, geopolitics of the area, seem to be spouting uh, these lines. This idea that okay, it, it, the one the, the one of the big the big things in some of the congressional letters and others that uh, supporters of, of Morocco, um, you know, uh, 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 put out is is that. Um, you know the you know ISIS Al Qaeda is growing in in in, in the in in, uh, in that part of Africa, and having these refugee camps and this instability is 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 helping them. So therefore, we need to um, push them to accept Moroccan control under this so-called autonomy agreement. Um, and again, this is this is really uh, this is nuts. You know, they're they're the. Uh, the Sahrawis are not inclined to that kind of Islam, as I mentioned. They practice a, a rather liberal interpretation of it. You have women in leadership, uh, particularly in the nonviolent resistance, in the occupied territory, but but also in, in the camps and and uh, as well. And you know the the, the idea that, that the Palestinians would have anything to do with these reactionary Salafist uh, you know, terrorist groups is or or. Uh, or or Hezbollah, or, or any, or, or any of these other other um, uh, extremist groups, is is, is ludicrous. At, 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 I mean, just I, I, it's amazing how they come up with these things. Well, we've been talking about the United States and Russia, and, but and France, but what about Spain? Spain, this area was a Spanish capital, uh, a colony for a very long time. Yeah. Yes. And and uh, you know the. Spaniards, uh, um, I mean, obviously, uh, Spain was a fascist dictatorship, uh, you know, from the uh, uh, late 30s to the uh, to the mid 70s. But they practiced a, a degree of benign neglect uh, to in in uh, Western Sahara. They were interested in the in the mineral wealth and whatever, and the nomads could kind of go around and and, and do their thing. Um, and and they've had some fairly uh, and and uh, many Spanish politicians and 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 civil society leaders and others, you know, feel pretty bad about how things happened. You know how uh, uh, Ford and Kissinger, you know, pushed them to allow the uh, the Moroccan takeover. In fact, it's become a big uh, cause celebre among uh, uh, Spanish writers and actors and others. Javier Bardem has produced an excellent documentary on Western Sahara and, and goes to this annual film festival they have in the refugee camps. And I mean, in many ways in Spain, it's, it's kind of like, you know, Central America was to us in the 80s, you know, or other when you had solidarity uh, groups at universities and in various towns. And, and so the, the Spanish civil society is really engaged. But uh, the Spanish government, even under some of the more uh, 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 the, the, the center left um, um, you know, parties has tended to um, uh, you know, support uh, support Morocco, not not officially, not strongly, uh, but they're not willing to rock the boat. And the will, what they're afraid of is that Morocco has made it very clear that if Spain pushes them too hard, they're going to just open the floodgates of refugees. Uh, in fact, just a few weeks ago, when the president. Of, of, of the Sahrawi Arab Democratic Republic, the Western Saharan president, uh, uh, needed some medical treatment. 
uh, Spain let him in to go to a hospital there. And in protest of that, the, uh, for, for, uh, for several days, the, the, the Moroccans uh, allowed thousands of uh, Moroccans and Africans and others into the two uh, presidios. These are, two, these are small Spanish uh, uh, holdings on the north coast of Morocco, you know, comparable to what Gibraltar is to Britain. Uh, they, the Spaniards have a couple of these little enclaves you know, um, on the, on, uh, surrounded by uh, Moroccan uh, territory on, on the Mediterranean there near the Strait of Gibraltar. And, and so you know, the, the, that, that what's scaring the Spaniards, indeed the Europeans as a whole, is this uh, basic extortion that the Moroccans have said, okay, if you push us in Western Sahara, since we're only 12 miles from Europe, in fact, we even border Europe technically, if you talk about the two presidios, you know, we're going to, again, open the floodgates, and then you're going to have to deal with all these refugees, and it's going to help the far-right parties in Europe, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You're listening to Leonard Lopez at Large on WBAI New York, 99.5 FM, streaming live at WBAI.org. I'm speaking with Professor Stephen Zunis about his updated version of a book that was published some originally in 2010 called Western Sahara War, Nationalism, and Conflict Resolution. Um, you mentioned Henry Kissinger. Years ago when I interviewed him, I asked him about the Indonesian invasion of East Timor, and he said, well, why should we care? It's such a small country. Yes, indeed. The um, the, the uh, Indonesian invasion of East Timor took place just six weeks after the uh, Moroccan invasion of, of Western Sahara, and the United States did give the green light to both of these. One thing that was rather revealing was that Daniel Patrick Moynihan, who was then Ford's uh, ambassador to the United Nations prior to him becoming a, a New York senator, uh, wrote in his autobiography in reference to both Western Sahara and East Timor, he said, this is a direct quote, the task given to me by the State Department was to make the United Nations as ineffective as possible in dealing with these situations. I took upon this task with no inconsiderable success. Uh, and, and indeed, the, uh, while the United States joined the rest of the international community in, in these resolutions, um, uh, uh, criticizing the invasion and calling for self-determination, calling for the withdrawal of, 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 um, of, of um, of Moroccan troops, because uh, they pretty much had to, since it was such a, a blatant violation of international legal norms, um, that they made sure that it was under Chapter 6 rather than Chapter 7, meaning there would be no sanctions or no pressure of any kind that would actually uh, pressure the Moroccans or the Indonesians to um, uh, withdraw their occupation forces. Well, I mentioned uh, at in, in introducing this um, this is uh, this goes against uh, the uh, the entire post World War II international legal order that prohibits the invasion and annexation of one country by another. Yes, I mean this is a really foundational principle of liberal international relations. I mean this is not just something that you know. Um, you know, leftists who are into third world solidarity or whatever should be concerned about. This is this is something very basic because, you know, it's, it, the, 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 this is the first time since the signing of the United Nations Charter uh, in, in, in 1945 uh, you know, uh, that the uh, United States, you know, has recognized the 
the uh, forcible uh, takeover of an entire country by another. In fact, it's almost the, uh, the almost the only time any country uh, has 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 done that. And, um, and and this is what you know. Remember, we, 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 this is what World, World War II and World War One were, were, were fought about, supposedly. And of course, we remember the Gulf War. Very similar situation. You had this autocratic Arab regime that had these dubious historical claims to a small nation on its south, and they up and they it and annexed it. And in 1990-91, we thought that was so terrible. Uh, not only were we impose sanctions and pressure on Iraq, we launched a full-scale war, you know, with over 100,000 people killed because supposedly we had to stay stick up for this principle of international law that you cannot expand your territory by force, you can't invade other countries. And here we are now taking the opposite tack, saying, "Oh yes, you can go and invade other countries, smaller countries, if you want. That's okay with us. You know, go ahead. Uh, we'll support you. We'll recognize you." We'll, we'll we'll provide you with drones and 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 arms. You know you'll be you're, you're our buddy. So so it's okay to get away with that. And so you know it, it's it's this is a very very dangerous precedent because you know as as inadequate as the international legal order is on so many levels, um, and, you know uh, you know that that at, at, at least preserved uh, it, 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 without it, things would be even more crazier. Countries would be invading each other all over the place. I mean, this is a, a very dangerous, very dangerous uh, precedent. And so, it, it, and so when, when, when people say, oh, it's just a small country, there are only half a million people, you know, who, who cares? It's not just about Western Sahara. Yeah. Really, this East is about tomorrow is 800,000 people, the same thing. But has anybody uh, questioned the the current administration about the reports in recent months of sexual abuse, kidnapping, and torture of, of leading nonviolent activists uh, I mean, yeah, by the it, Moroccan security forces. Oh my, it, I it pointed out that the Freedom House has recently ranked the situation there as second only to Syria out of some 210 nations. In, exactly. In Similar Human Rights courts. Watch, uh, you know, Amnesty International. I mean, it, it, this is, they are the it's one of the wor absolutely worst situations. I mean, Morocco itself is is somewhat more open than some of those countries. Once you get into the occupied territory, oh, again, again, it, 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 it's awful. And the the, um, the you know we're talking we're, we're, this is you know we're, we're, these these are disappearances. You know these are extrajudicial killings. And again, women are 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 targeted in particular, you know, because of of, of their strong uh, independence and role in in Sahrawi society. In contrasting to uh, to Moroccan society, there's a. Uh, Woman under house house uh, arrest, and the the the, the Kaya family. In fact, that these two sisters, you know, who have been, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, sexually assaulted and 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 under 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 siege. And, and so, so we're like, more again, concerned about when this sort of thing happens in Afghanistan than we are. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. And again, it's the classic, uh, you know, kind of of of, um, of, of double standard uh, that that we that we see. I mean, you cannot. I mean, if you if you. Uh, wave a, a Western Saharan flag, or you, or you just sit sit on uh, a couple of people sit on sit on the streets and start making chants and, and signs. You're immediately attacked and beaten and, and, and hauled off to prison, and uh, and and you know yeah and, and yet you know we've had successive administrations uh, you know talking about 
um, how progressive Morocco is. You know, I mean, Hillary Clinton praised their human rights record, uh, uh, including uh, their, 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 their record on women's rights. <laughs> so, wow. you know, this is, I mean, this is comparable to, you know, some of you may remember, you know, Reagan talking about, you know, how the, how, how the, how the human rights situation is, is, is improving in El Salvador and Guatemala and whatever, you know, while the death squads are running rampant. Uh, we have a similar situation in, in, in the occupied Western Sahara today. Stephen Zunis is a professor of politics at the University of San Francisco and co-author with Jacob Mundy of Western Sahara, War, Nationalism, and Conflict, a resolution just recently reissued in an updated version. And it has been my great pleasure to talk with you today. Have I left anything out? You've covered covered the basic points. I just just hope that, that your listeners who presumably are those who do care about uh, human rights and, and U.S. foreign policy, we'll, we'll, we'll put this on their agenda and, and, and get involved. Uh, well, I think it's we important really... for us to talk about things that don't get much attention but are really important. And, and thank you so much for the opportunity to bring this to folks' attention. Thank you again. And that does bring us to the end of today's show. If you're just discovering this program and would like to hear more of our one-hour deep dive interviews, you can access any of our over 600 past shows streaming on demand at WBAI.org. We're also on iTunes, the Apple Channel, and everywhere else that podcasts are available. If you'd like to write to me, my email address is leonardlopate at WBAI.org. WBAI finds itself, I'm sure you know by now, in a very difficult position because of the pandemic. So if you value the kind of informative deep dives into one subject, especially subjects that aren't getting much attention but are really important, but we give devote a full hour to, uh, if, if we do it for on this show weekdays from 1 to 2 p.m., I, I hope you'll go online right now to give to WBAI.org. That's give to WBAI.org or call 212-209-2950 and play a part in keeping community radio alive in New York City. It's 212-209-2950. And as I mentioned earlier, anyone who makes a contribution of $75 or more in the name of Leonard Lopate at Large right now can receive a copy of the book that we've been discussing, Western Sahara War, Nationalism, and Conflict Irresolution by today's guest, Stephen Zunis. Please choose your giving level, but whatever level you're comfortable contributing at, the important thing is that you step up and show your support for Leonard Lopate at Large and the station that brings it to you weekdays from 1 to 2 p.m., the only station on the New York radio dial that's 100% listener-supported. So why not make that call right now to 212-209-2950 or go online to give to WBAI.org. And please do it right now. I hope you can join us again tomorrow when my guest will be Dr. John Abramson discussing his new book, Sickening, How Big Pharma Broke American Healthcare and How We Can Repair It. We'll see you then. <laughs>